I had Marco Casper fighting Anthony Mantha on my 2023 bingo card this year, but uh, that was something. Yeah, especially I, especially in preseason, that was wildly insane. I mean, I don't have a bingo card, so I don't know if it would have been on it or not. Well, but it's not like if I don't have a I don't keep a physical oh, bingo card. You don't have an official bingo card. No, it's not. Like I a, used to carry one around with me, but now I'm just I kind of grow. It's not like a Barney Stinson situation where he carries like lists of things. Um, I just it's a metaphorical list. Now you're making me want to carry lists of things. Yeah, maybe we should. We should carry a bingo of things we don't think is going to happen. But welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And on this episode, we will be breaking down some more preseason hockey. The best, the best of hockey, you could argue. Nothing sloppy at all. The best competition. You should take everything away from these games. You could argue that. You could you could you could make the argument? You could also be the NHL and uh, promote a Connor Bedard dangle for days that didn't okay. result in a goal. I don't care that much about that. Everyone's no, I, I, th- I just think I think it's funny. I also do think it's a little bit poopy pants to be like this is stupid. It's it's I think it, I think it's cool that they promoted it. I'm not gonna lie, it was gross. It was just we we both were we were on we were talking on the phone when the move happened. Yeah, it was gross. They should he, be promoting it. He absolutely danced Edvinson. Like, Edvinson was in the stands. Also, you gotta think, from a marketing standpoint, that's literally possibly the future face of the NHL, or has the possibility 100%. to be 100%. at least, like, one of the faces. I mean, you gotta take every chance you get to promote a player like that. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be, uh, he'll be second on that list right behind Nate Danielson. Right. Yes. <laughs> No, I did love how David Perron like was like on Twitter this morning. Is I think I've seen this move before, and I didn't realize he scored a move like actually scored on a move I, just like I that. actually had no idea that he scored on a move like that. But, but that was incredible. His that move was like that goal was gross. Yeah, it was. Prime David Perron was actually such a treat. I remember him playing against the Red Wings and absolutely hating him. He was because he had the tinted visor, really skilled player, and he was just a prick too. Yeah, so happy the, he's a Red Wing. The gross tongue flop too. He. He, I don't know. He he's still such a treat to watch, though. Like, it's not just oh yeah, prime David Braun. He's he's awesome. No, he's still great. And we'll talk about a little bit about him uh, in this episode as well. But um, instead of going game by game, I think that gets a little bit old and stale. Um, we'll kind of go into questions, like as as it stands right now in preseason, and some standouts, and we kind of like base that around that. But um. Kind of where I'm looking right now is the big, the hot button topic is how is this roster construction, the 23 man roster, how is this going to look? As we also factor in the injury to Andre Vasilevsky and the goalie situation, because it really looks like Tampa Bay is not going to sit on just having Jonas Johansson be their number one guy. Uh, I mean, he put up like a 42 save, 42 save shutout. And this goes back to our point. We should take everything out of preseason. So exactly. In, so actually, in theory, he I want him to be starting game two at Little Seas Arena <laughs> against the Red Wings. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Lance Lysowski from the Buffalo News who w- is on the record of saying Jonas Johansson's the worst goalie he's ever seen play in the NHL. I remember that quote. <laughs> I, I like I said, like you said. I, I mean, I don't know who said that, but. I, I believe that. it was him. I believe it was definitely a Buffalo reporter, like when he was on the Sabers. 
Um, I, th- I thought it might have been like a F- Florida or Florida, right? Could be wrong. No, it was Buffalo. It was when he was in Buffalo. Uh, I forgot that he actually got traded. Did he get traded in Florida? It doesn't really matter. Off topic. Anywho, doesn't look like Tampa is going to want to. Okay, again, Vasilevsky, if anyone missed the news, he had back surgery, is out for eight to 10 months, which estimated 24 to 27 games. That's a significant amount of time. And Tampa Bay would have the room to, I mean, they'd probably want to not spend too much money in a waiver claim, such as Alex Lyon, which also spec, uh, speculated on 32 Thoughts, this uh, the episode this morning, uh, Monday, that both Jeff and, Elliot, Jeff and Elliot have both been hearing Alex Lyon's name around teams that think that would maybe not make it through waivers. So when you look at it that way, and considering how well both backup goalies have kind of performed in preseason thus far, it really adds something to the situation. Grant, this is something we talked about as well um, a couple weeks ago when Michael Hutchinson was initially signed to a PTO. Yeah. It's it's really interesting because, I mean, you look at quite a few NHL teams and their goalie situations are really shaky. It's like a weird time for goalies, I would say. Like, the Tampa situation's wild. Um, and then there's just a lot of other teams that don't have a good backup. And then there's some teams that are almost three goalies deep. I mean, you look at Carolina, that's the definition of three goalies deep, and all three are, like, NHL playable. You look at the Red Wings, I would argue that all three are probably NHL playable. Yep. I mean, um, two, obviously, you're not going to want. I I wouldn't say their goalie situation isn't quite comparable to Carolina's because Carolina's got, like, three really good goalies. Um. Bob, I mean, like you look at other teams that just have really good duos like Boston. And then you look at teams like uh, I hate throwing shade. Uh LA. Like there's nothing to throw shade about. Their goaltending's bad. Yes. Um goaltending's bad. Um and then I, I guess like you look at other teams that just don't have a good backup. I mean, who's Vancouver's backup right now? It so is we'll... no, no, uh, to Smith. Remember, they traded for him. Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. That's not, but uh, they still have Silovs on the roster, but I think he's waiver exempt. I think I he believe. is waiver exempt. Um, that, that's not as bad as I thought. Just Smith is a decent backup. Um, yeah, I don't know. I you just look at Vegas last year, I think that kind of opened some eyes a little bit on well, what happens if two goalies go down? I mean. For the Red yeah. Wings in their situation, like there's a possibility that Alex Lyon gets to step in or James Reimer, whichever way you see it currently. And then, I mean, what happens if two goalies go down in Tampa Bay right now? Because uh, I would also take out Hugo Allenfault, who is a pretty solid prospect. He, he's a solid prospect. But um, they have nothing. I don't know who their, their, their I, goalie I no is idea. technically right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a... Again, like this is questions like Derek Lone was getting asked a bunch of questions like this so far as it it's kind of seemed like he it they it seems like the organization seems to be leaning towards carrying three to start. I think that's what they should do. I mean, you look at last year. I mean, I know it was it was tough to have three goalies, but you just signed Alex Lyon, and I think you'd want to keep because again, he would be the guy who likely would get waived. You're not going to waive the the veteran and Reimer. Although, if like you really want to like big brain this, I don't think Reimer would be the one that could get claimed because he makes too much money. I I would think so too. Um, I'm not, I'd... and I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying if you really wanted to big big brain it, I think like that would be the move. 
Yeah, if if you do want to wave someone, I don't think they'd want to wave Reimer. No, I I don't I don't think so. Um, but even you look at that, I still think there's a possibility he does get claimed. Like it's it's a risk. Are you willing to take that risk? And do you really want someone at Reimer's playing capability, possibly in the minors, just in case of emergency? Like, yeah, no, I I think it would be. It would end up being like if he cleared, they'd call him back up again. I think it would be like a something. I don't know. I, I again, not really. Because you mean then they can just, send the. How how long is the like I don't know the waiver exempt period. Like how long is he it's waiver 30, exempt? Thirty days. Yeah, I just don't see that being reasonable. Like why I don't understand why you would send him down just to clear him for thirty days, unless yeah. you're anticipating someone being out for thirty days that you're gonna need to call someone up. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely an interesting situation. And so far through preseason, I can't say I I have a guy who's performed better than the other. I think both goalies have looked pretty solid. They both looked really good. Um I I would lean Reimer though currently. I think he's looked fabulous. I, I think I thought Lyon has looked like pretty darn good. Like I would be comfortable him being the backup, but I've actually thought Reimer's looked really, really, really good. Um yeah. but that kind of like ties in everything though. Um, especially with the way this roster is constructed. I think they should carry three goalies. Um, yep. based on their forward depth, there's a pretty clear drop off after 13. There's no sense to really carry a 14th forward at this point in time, in, in my opinion. And same with defense. I think there's, there's a slight drop off after seven, unless you're trying to throw a young player in. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we can kind of get into that a little bit. Um, do you want to start at the forward position and like, we'll kind of like talk about some of their performances through games, like standouts and stuff like that. Sure. Okay. So on the forwards, I've kind of, it's like, I've, I'm, I've been with you. The young guys have kind of been, not that they've been, I don't know if disappointing is the right word, but like they haven't really brought it as much as I would have liked to see. Like a, a Soderblom, for the most part, has kind of been invisible through preseason, whereas last year he was making his impact known really well. Yeah. Um, Marco Casper has taken a while to really show up. I've liked his, I've liked his game recently, like the last game especially. Um, again, uh, fighting Anthony Mantha, which honestly I think we talk about that for a second. Um. I know I led with that, but that was some that was that was an interesting move by Mantha. Yeah, that was like kind of gross. Like I don't even know what the point of that was. He, just he has snapped. He has like forty pounds on him and four inches. And, and Casper didn't even want to fight either. Like he no, he didn't. He he had he his didn't... gloves on like for the whole time basically, and then dropped him at the end, and just to protect he... himself basically. He held on for like he kept him as close as he could because he knew if it was extended he would lose. Oh yeah, he probably could have got hurt. Could have got hurt. Yeah. Again, like that's something like like I Mantha's a guy right now who's kind of on the outs of the lineup. I mean, he was practicing as a sub in in practice today. Yeah, so, I saw him and Milano were switching okay. reps. Yes. Um, which is interesting because I mean, I I would say. It, Based on what I've seen in the past year, that Milano would be more impactful currently, which is yeah. 
weird weird for me to say because I've been like the biggest Mantha advocate for a long time. Um, but yes. Um, but no, you got the wires crossed, and you you fought a nineteen year old in the preseason game, which I think is uh it's an interesting look on you. So I mean, good on him, whatever. But uh, at least Marco Casper didn't get hurt. That's all I have to say on that. For sure. Um, but yeah, like other than that, I mean, I think we can kind of talk about Nate Danielson. Um, who's I, I kind of want to touch on like Casper and Soderblom a bit too. Sure, let's let's stay on that. I've I thought Casper had a really 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 slow start to the preseason and kind of was a little bit unnoticeable. And he was it's not like he was noticeable in a bad way either. He just wasn't really there. Um, this last game on Sunday night versus Chicago, I thought was by far his best game. Um, I felt like his feet were moving a lot more and he was just involved in a lot of stuff. And that might be partially due to playing with better players too. And he was on the wing too, which, which is a little bit of a worry for me too, is his capability of playing the wing. Cause um, I mean, based on one game last year, cause he's kind of played center for the long haul. Now he switched to wing in the middle of the the regular season game against Toronto last year, and he struggled drastically, especially on half wall pickups, um, and just just basically board play was rough. But he they transitioned to the wing because of faceoffs, and I thought he played really good on the wing. Yeah, he was but, he was kind of the first guy in the four check, and yeah, they, I th- I thought I thought him and Valeno really worked well off of each other, two guys that have really high motors. Yeah, I mean, he's never really been this crazy offensive guy either. I mean, there's you can tell there's upside, and obviously you want that upside to hit. But I, it's the little things, like especially on the penalty kill. There's a lot of times he'll just make like an un or like an ill like just an error, mm-hmm. like clearing the puck. It that needs to get cleaned up. But like on in five on five on the four check and in the D zone, he's been pretty solid. It's just like I said, the little errors. Um but that'll get kinked out. I'm I'm not too worried about him. No. Um and then Elmer, I I just it'd be nice to see him get like a rep a little bit higher up in the lineup. Um, which is kind of interesting that we haven't seen that. Um, he's kind of been playing on that like third and fourth line role in preseason, which has kind of been with mostly AHLers. Um, yeah, he played with like, Cross. He played with Cross and uh, Amadeus. Lombardi, yeah, the last um, game, which I just haven't really noticed him in a good way. Not like it's he's been terrible, but just I mean he had the goal the other night, but other than that, I mean. Yeah, you can see from that that goal, his shot's still there. It's just he's not as dominant as he was last preseason into the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep, I completely agree. He's kind of looked to step behind a little bit, and maybe it's his pacing just getting back to it. Which again, that would make me think he needs time, more time in the AHL, which is completely fine. Yeah, I would say both those guys need some time based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, and again, we're still halfway through, so I mean, they're four games. And I'm sure with three games in a row, I'm sure I think both players will probably get a back-to-back in there. I think per the NHL, I don't think it's – I don't think they're allowed to play three in a row. 
which I mean, as they shouldn't, that's a little bit insane. Yeah, that's insane. But that's all. But that's also why we haven't seen any cuts yet for the Red Wings is because they kind of need two full teams right now. Yeah. And uh, with that. um, But yeah, I think moving on, I think I want to talk about Danielson with the the hot button topic. Everyone wants to hear, Um, man, he's looked really good. Yeah, he's the definition of like cool and collective. He's, he's my biggest standout so far in preseason. Um, for young guys, yes. I wouldn't say standout regardless. I mean, part of the reason we we would think that is because we're really keen on him right now. Sure, that, sure that's, that's what, fair. That's what preseason is. You're not just like paying attention to the game. I mean, if, I. I speak for myself i guess but i'm more so just like dialing in on one player each shift kind of whenever he's out there he's the guy i'm looking for oh yeah for sure and same with like all the other young players i'm kind of trying to pay attention to them more so um but he's he's looked really really good um i'll like almost probably a little bit further ahead than i thought he would be at granted taking into account that he's i mean what is he five months older than marco casper only or five months five younger, younger yeah only five or six but he's so, quite a bit ahead of where casper is right now i would because we're, we're now seeing both players play at the same level for the first time it's always hard to judge major junior guys to guys who play european pro yeah in european pros kind of it's a weird judge in general because everything's so different. Some players like play really well in that league and then can never adjust. I mean, mm-hmm. like a good, one of my first guys that come to mind right now is, which he he's not been in the NHL very long, but Nils Lundqvist, he was absolutely disgusting yep. in the SHL and he hasn't quite adjusted yet. Still. I mean, still young, but yeah, it definitely still young, applies. but still applies. I mean, it, like it, it's it's a really good league. I mean, you look at um man, I'm I'm not, not I don't even know his name right now, but the Washington Capitals signed a guy from the SHL. Oh, uh he's got two two uh name last name. Yeah. Anyways, Actel? isn't his yeah. last name Actel something? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's slotting in in practice on the second pairing right now. He, well, yeah, it's with the with the injury to it sounds like uh, Jensen's been out. It sounds like he's gonna make the, the team. Mm-hmm. And, and he's he, and the two he's, games he played against Detroit, I, I noticed him. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, you have those guys that are kind of late bloomers in that league too, which is is cool. Um, but it's not always the same translation for everybody. Um, the biggest separation right now from like I would say Casper and Danielson in my head right now is just the calmness with the puck. Danielson's very calm when he has the puck on a stick. Sometimes I think he gets a little too touchy as like in trying to make a pass too soon where I'd like to see him hang on to it for a little bit longer, but Casper's a lot jumpier. Um, yeah, he did. It's like he doesn't want the puck on a stick, and everything's got to be red line deep. And let's let's forecheck. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, do you think that's an effect from like playing pro, and he had to play more of a chip and chase game where Danielson was like the main puck transporter, and that's how he's 100%. used to playing. Yeah, I I do think so. Um, 
especially being a young player in the league with his speed and I guess his willingness to forecheck and make plays like that. I'm I guarantee it was just the coaches love that. And he's they, he's pretty quick too. He's quick and like he wins battles a lot. Yes. So I'm I guarantee that was really encouraged was for him to put pucks in deep and just go to work. They don't really care about player development there. They like to, to an extent they do, but they want you to like they want to win. Slightly They're more gonna, than Russia, but not by much. I would say quite a bit more than Russia. <laughs> But uh, they're they're gonna do whatever it takes to win, and best suited isn't Casper trying to stick handle through people. It's gonna be him putting pucks in deep and winning a battle because he can do that. Yeah, definitely. But oh, Day, I've again each game like I it hasn't been like I don't think Danielson's ever really dipped. You know? What no, I, mean? I, 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 I would. Think, he's I think been he's been pretty, he's been pretty even keel each game. I'm like both all games. I'm like he's wow. He had a big impact in this game. I've really, I've really been taking notice in how they've been deploying him. As the, um, his second game, which was the Saturday game versus Washington, he was playing with Andrew Kopp and Robbie Fabry on the wing. Yeah. There hasn't really been any other young guy, including Jonathan Bergeron, that has had deployment like that with two really established middle six, set, yeah. middle six players. I would say he's had pretty similar deployment to Bergeron, aside from the one game where he got a higher look in the lineup. Yeah. Um, but that speaks to how he's playing. And they gotta do their due diligence as well. Like and I thought he looked really good with those two as well. I especially Andrew Kopp. I mean, right away they almost connected for a goal. And it was a really I mean, Andrew Kopp's a really I think he's an underrated passer when he's played with the right amount of skill on his line. And, and I think, play play and play style. He he's yeah. an interesting player type. Like I, I thought last year that him and Raymond were gonna mesh really well, which didn't happen. No. Um and I I mean, like you saw Peron, heavy possession player, they play well together. Rasmussen, Rasmussen. heavy possession player, and really, really good at winning battles. Honestly, um, you know who else fit in with Cobb pretty well last year? Bergren. Bergren did fit in with Cobb. They didn't play very much, but they had a couple of games together. Yeah. Um but no, um, just just interesting. I the whole Danielson like discourse right now is is it's just kind of crazy that he's been probably the best young player currently during this preseason. I think it's within reason to also say he's been one of the Red Wings' best twelve forwards out of everyone. Oh, yeah. So it, it naturally people are kind of going to now is does he get a nine game look? And I think it's still a little too early as that's such a big jump for a player. Preseason again, preseason while being way better, way better competition than any WHL game he'll play in. It's still such a big jump. And also you have to worry about rushing players. Now he what he also has is like you mentioned, is being older as he's already nineteen. Yeah. And I've and I've been looking like I, I took a a quick research before we started of like players that have made the jump at 19 in their 19 year old season. And like the most recent one I can think of another at ninth overall was Dylan Genther last season. And he struggled. He produced okay, but he struggled and ended up getting sent back to junior. So you have to, you have to weigh those pros and cons. I mean, you also have Mason McTavish in his draft year who wasn't 19, but ended up playing nine games, got sent back Shane Wright, that whole debacle. Yeah, A lot of times bad. it ends up, ends up guys just being, not played that much and 
sent back. Yeah. It's it's a tough spot to be put in right now because like you said, it's a hard it's it's hard to not look at him and say he's not one of the best 12 forwards because I I would easily throw him in as like a top 12 forward right now. The problem is is can you argue that he should be playing in the like if he's gonna make the team, they're gonna want him playing a lot, probably. Um yep. Would you argue that he's in the top six of players? Uh, no, he's not in the top six. Okay, I I agree with that. Um, top nine, I could make an argument. You could. I don't think it'd be a very strong argument. He's in the fringes. I would say he's in the fringe. I I would say ten or eleven right now. I just yeah, he's he's kind of in that same tier as I have. Like, is like a Bergeron. Yeah, I would I would say he's played better than Bergeron thus far 100%. in the preseason. But we've but also seen what Bergeron can do in the NHL. Exactly. And he's older. And he's older. Um and he's able to be sent down to the minors too, which is another big thing. That is also another interesting point. I mean, again, if you look at it from that way, if you kind of like want to give him that look, like that would be the natural way he'd get in. I'm not advocating for that. And again, I'm I'm still like at this point, I still think him going back to junior is the right move. Yeah, but at the at the very at the very least, this is super promising for Danielson. As like some people question that pick, you and I were very high on the pick, as we like the upside, and I'm I'm still impressed of what I I'm seeing. Mocked him to the Red Wings too. You did. You literally did. That was um, that's on that's on that's on the record. It is on the record. Um, biggest thing is like you look at his games throughout right now. There have been some really highs in those games, but there's also been uh, like some lows too. I mean, he's had quite a few turnovers from like carrying the puck too much, which I'd rather see that than him being timid to carry the puck. Um, yeah, definitely. I don't want him dumping and chasing. And like, I mean, there's was there been like two penalties on him already? No, only the one. Just one, yeah. which was a cause of him carrying the puck too long and turning it over and then taking a penalty to kind of try to stop a break, but that'll happen. I think that was in his first preseason game as well. That was the right after he scored. Game. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I, I'm, I'm very pleased with his game right now. Um, Maybe he gets a nine game look, like you said, it's really early, but I, I don't see a way unless he like were to stand out, stand out that he would stick after a nine game look or like, because I, I just think if he's not in your top nine and playing special teams, like power play, there's not really any reason to have him not just tear up juniors for years. Been, because the next year he can be AHL, AHL eligible. So like if yes. you think he if you deem him to need more time, you can send him down. And I think he's looked better than almost all the AHLers on the that have played in preseason? Yes. Yes, he has. Arguably. like Aside from like maybe like Austin Zarnick, who's just like an established veteran. Yes. Uh, Zarnick's looked solid. I mean... love yeah. I love Austin Zarnick. Yeah. Love me some Austin Zarnick. But no, I, I again, I kind of like... Like specific plays that get his game as well. I mean, that uh, his assist to Sprong on the last game, where he takes the puck from behind the net, he gets pressured, makes a smart play on the wall, he doesn't panic, throw it up the boards... He holds on to it, lets Sprong come to him, passes it down, and then Sprong takes it to the net. 
that's the biggest thing is his game too. Like he doesn't play like he's 19. No, he's very poised. He has, and again, I love his transporting. He's able to, yeah, that's such a big trait. Like other than like, uh, in terms of centers in this organization, like besides the Dylan Larkin, there's no other center that can do that. Nope. He's sorry, Marco Casper. Marco Casper is uh, not the biggest transporter. I actually have been mildly su- surprised by JT Comfer and his like ability we'll talk, to transport. We'll, we'll talk about him a little bit too. He's on my I, list, but I and yeah. Um, but Nate Danielson has been very impressive through. Um yes. which has me very excited for what is yet to come. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he plays three out of the four <laughs> remaining games. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I'm sure they're going to give him – and, I, again, I'm really curious to see how they keep deploying him. As he's been a guy that's been getting power play looks over Bergeron and Soderblom and stuff like that, like higher in more – and he also killed the five-on-three penalty the last game. I, I will say this, though. I will be surprised if he gets a nine-game look. 100%. It's kind of interesting, though. Like, you, you have a couple prospects really making noise in, like, training camp. You have him, and they also have uh, um, my boy, Zach Benson, in Buffalo. Yeah. He's consistently beginning top line looks, and it really appears that he will stay there. Yeah. Because again, it's just like, why keep playing him in the top line, especially at this point in the preseason when you really want to start locking down some lines? You, you wouldn't be doing that unless you really think he's going to make the team. So that's why um, I really I really want to keep my eye on where Nate Danielson keeps slotting in. One one thing that stings a little bit, it's a little, I mean, it's on topic, but it's off of the Nate Danielson talk. Based on how the forward core is shaken out so far. I'm so bummed for Mazer. Yeah, that Mazer, is true. I, I really thought it was going to be such a steep hill for him to climb with all like the prospects pushing. I really thought, I thought Marco was going to make a little bit of a harder push. I thought Elmer was going to make a really hard push. I'm, man, if Mazer just had a pretty like darn good camp, there's a good chance he could end ended up on the roster. Definitely. Definitely. I think I'm I'm right there with you, especially the way he plays too. Like I feel like he would have ramped it up in a preseason situation. He he would have fit in well. But yes, exciting stuff. Also Nate Danielson uh winning the Connor Bedard versus Connor Bedard, which was cool. And also he uh made that one play on Connor Bedard where he'd strip the puck away from him and set up Edvinson for a chance. Connor Bedard yeah. did did make a good play on Edvinson defensively to kind of recover. Yeah. Yeah, so it was cool. I was, I actually like the first game watching Bedard. I, he was shut down pretty well, but I still noticed him. He's so flashes. He's very good, <laughs> very good. This uh, the kid's so young. Yeah, he's, I mean, we basically he's... even though it was a Chicago broadcast, we still kind of got the Red Wings aspect with uh, our boy. Yeah, he oh. he loves he loves like all the Red Wings just because of the Blues players. Yeah, Panger Panger uh, had some interesting insights for sure. He, he's that. just an interesting man. Yes. And um, always a pleasure to listen to. Yep. I they got a good one there. St. Louis lost a big name there in Chicago's game. Yeah. They have Chicago actually is kind of a stacked uh um telecast. Chelios's uh daughter part of it too. She's in it. Patrick Sharp is gonna be on the call as well. Yeah, he's he's great and, too. And uh John Scott's doing some analyst work as well, like in studio stuff. Interesting. Yeah. So they're kind of uh they got kind of everything going on. Um, I kind of want to highlight some of the NHL guys that have been standing out. I mean, we talked about the goalies. We talked about Danielson. Um, you just talked about one in JT Comfer. He's on my list of standouts. I, I mean, you could bring that into that whole line 
uh, yes, Chicago. Yeah, line. I would. Comper Rasmussen and was it Perron? I think that might be my ideal second line to start the year. Right, right now that is what I would have penciled in as the second line currently. JT Comfort just adds that extra little bit of speed to that line he, and puck carrying. It's the puck carrying for me. I wouldn't say he's that much faster than like Andrew Cop. It's more so like like we talked about transporting the puck. That's such a big thing in today's NHL. Like Dylan Larkin's one of the elite transporters in the league. Yep. Comfort does it pretty competently. And like Perron's not the biggest transporter. He's like I will he doesn't have the quick he doesn't have the quickest boots. I will literally make you so tired in the corners because I will just like do circles basically. He's got he's got the old man strength and he's just like, oh this dummy you in a corner. It's the Walmart Crosby like work you in the corners is yep. how I would describe it. Um but like and then I just think man I think maybe it's just Rasmussen and Perron are just such a treat together that like I think Comfort might just up that a little bit more too. It's hard yeah. to tell off of one preseason game and I don't want to I don't want to downgrade like dump on cop like that because I, I I think, think he's looked pretty solid through preseason too. I think Cops looked solid. Like, yeah, especially like more... the, the last game with Danielson and, and um, Fabry. I thought he had a pretty solid game that game. Which is exciting too because if that were to end up as a lie in the comfort, Perron and Rasmussen, it's nice to know that him and Fabry have a little bit of chemistry. Yeah, definitely. But no, Comfort, uh, I thought he's been really good in the penalty kill. Um, five on five, really solid. Especially creating, I think he's a really good facilitator as well of he moving is. the puck around. Um, has a really nice shot too. He's a good, pretty good shooter. But no, I've been very happy, and I think uh, Derek Lowen's been very happy as well of JT Comfort being in the lineup. Um, two yeah, other I think oh, I think ahead. one big thing with Comfort too, like I think he's easily pluggable on a power play. Yeah, I really uh, thank you for bringing that up because we can go kind of like into the power play quick like as a whole that that unit right there i actually think like could be something that could work as a second unit yeah it, what was that unit again refresh me it was prawn and sprung on the half walls prawn was on the strong side so it was the right half wall yeah ghost was on top comfort was bumper and then you had rasmussen net front with that net left-handed look where prawn was sending it down for rasmussen to catch it on his forehand and he was either he'd either make a play to the net or hit Comfer in the bumper as a right-handed shot for an easy one-timer. And he also has Sprong there, who's the quick shooter. You'd want him to be on the left flank. Yeah. So who who would be your ideal net front guy in the first unit then? If you were to roll that unit out, they had Fabry on the net front, um, the first game, and I think that's kind of like the same thing. Fabry has a little more skill than Rasmussen, um, and also if you want to integrate him in, and I mean they did score with him screening the goalie with Cider. In the net on the goal. So, I mean, you look at like a Raymond to bring it half walls, cider point, Larkin Fabry would be interesting. Um, I'm not opposed I'm not, to I'm, that. Yeah, I, I think like you can spread it out and you can have really two really good units. The, the thing is, though, like there's so many new toys on the power play. Like, you're looking at like a guy like Bergeron wouldn't even be on the power play, which is what I feel like his main role, like, that's his biggest thing i think he brings to the team possibly right now is because his offense um which i mean in in this case like to get burger on a power play you're probably moving some pieces around and 
getting Rasmussen off would be the first guy off, in my opinion. He would he probably would be the first guy off. Um but like the power play as a whole has looked very good, no matter kind of who has been on the ice, which is very encouraging. Yes, because you had the the first uh, real look was Ghost on the half wall, and that was my favorite look for the top unit. Yeah, they yeah, I, they were humming. They were looking pretty good because Ghost gives you that extra shooting aspect as well. Which Ray, I thought Raymond was doing better with the shooting. I like I like him better on the right half wall than I do the left. Same. I think he moves around more. He does. Um, he is and he is really good. Like he's really good at like just catch and release too. Like quickly yeah. from that from his strong side. He also switched sticks too. Which That's is, probably uh, why. That's got to be it. Well, no, I, 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 I think it's interesting when a guy like switches because usually that means they're not happy with their shot. You know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. like something to be added in. He's using the new rib core, which I find interesting. He switched brands, but um, that's kind of like the the gear nerd in following me. Larkin's footsteps, switching. Gear. Yeah, the yeah the the warrior gloves and CCM stick. Yeah, gross. The same same thing. It's a weird it's a weird setup, but as long as they score, I don't really give a shit. That's all I care about. But uh, it's been very obvious early on in preseason. Debrinket is just having all the attention. They're just all on top of him, and it, again, that's the beauty of like having a guy like Debrinket is like. Someone else is gonna be open then. Yeah. So I mean, he, he found Larkin twice in the back door. Granted, it's a five on three both times. So I don't think that's a super. Tr- like, again, people are kind of hyping it up a little bit, but it's still encouraging, especially if you look at the looks and stuff. I've been happy with Cider shooting more from the top. Me too. He's got a really underrated shot, and he's good at getting it through. Or he, I mean. I wouldn't say he's just, he's good at getting it through, but this preseason he's looked a lot better than in the last two years at getting pucks through. Yeah, he's almost struggled with that a little bit, like seeing eye shots. And I've always mentioned like my one of my favorite defensemen to watch, like work a work a point just because of the way he gets shots through is Brent Burns. And I think yeah. if you can really follow suit of that, I mean. You're and he's problems. he's more of he doesn't really take slap shots, Brent Burns. He's more of just a quick wrist shot, like he's a floater from the point. Yeah, and I mean that's been Sider's two goals in preseason, right? Floaters. No, the he's point. no, he's got one timers both times. Oh, they stepped in one timers. He, he okay. stepped into both of them. Ghost laid one out. He walked into it, and then Raymond was the last one. He stepped into a Raymond pass. Okay, from the bumper. It's been the it's been net front to to or not bumper. Geez, net front to half wall, the right half wall to Sider, where yeah. Sider steps into it on his strong side. And it's worked both times with with a guy in front. Fabry was the second time. Perron was the first time. Gotcha. Um, but I would agree the first unit looked the best. But I mean, again, if you want to have two really good units, like maybe that's something. Because again, I think Ghost can do both. I really liked him at the point too, like running it there. He's just and he, good power play player. And his press availability, he also did say he's more comfortable on the point. Yeah. So that's also something. You also have a guy like again. You have Bergen is is a name that could still be in the mix and also Jeff Petrie in terms of a point. I didn't think he was great in his looks, but again, I know he's there and he's ran power play twos for a long time. He, he's like, he's looked solid five on five. I will say that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And he's been partnered majority of the time with Simon Edmondson, who I guess we can have a conversation about as well. As we look at it, I know you kind of mentioned the 70. You feel like there's a bit of a gap after the 70. 
and you're you're not taught you're saying the gap is between like Mata and Edvinson. I I would say so. Yes. Um. I I just don't think Edvinson is close enough to say that he has to play in the top six. You know what I mean? Um. Obviously, we haven't seen Sherrod this preseason, but we kind of know what Sherrod is. Um. Yeah. I think all seven defensemen that are legitimate NHL defensemen that are not like young players have looked very good. One of my well, standouts besides, for besides preseason Chirac has been has been Alimata. Is one of my standouts. Dude is fighting for like playing time. Yeah. Uh, the the pairing of him and Ghost Bear last game I thought was fantastic. I thought they were very good, and I thought Ghost looked really good on his offhand too. And yep. I thought Mata like compliments him very, very well. There was at one point too where Mata like caught a puck in the offensive zone and he mohawked. I'm like, oh my god, where'd that come from? Yeah, is that Kale McCarr <laughs> or is that Ole Mata? It's <laughs> the left-handed sure. version of Kale McCarr. Yeah, who's better? Why is Ole Mata not getting looks on the first unit? <laughs> Legitimately, Ole wouldn't Mata... be the worst. Would not be the worst thing. Ole Mata's Norris stuck, just cruising. I mean, last year you could make the argument as he made he turned Philip Ronick into a first and second round pick. That is true. Uh, that's why Steve Eisman gave him a two-year extension worth three million dollars a year. It's only so you don't have to play the next two years, but you just gave me like <laughs> ammunition. Yes, thank you. We got Axel Sandin Pelica. Exactly. So, good stuff. But no, I've really enjoyed his game. I thought he's looked really solid. I just uh, you look at like the roster shakeup, especially on the defensive end, where like where do you go to start the season? Like there's no there's no injury yet. Like nope. What who who's gonna be your game one scratch? And like is there a way Edmondson is somehow in your top six? Like I don't foresee it. I've really liked the pairing between him and Petrie. Granted, I think Edmondson has he has a bad propensity of taking stupid penalties. He had three the last game. But I love the the difference we were talking you and I were talking about off off air about like him versus Amada. Is his upside higher than Mata? Like, is his, his high is way better than Mata's? Yes. But his issues, is his lows are also a lot worse than Mata's. Yeah, Mata, does, and... Mata doesn't really make mistakes. But yeah, he also it... doesn't really bring you a lot to, like, enhance your game as well. The biggest question is, is he going to help you more than her? Yeah. And is this helping going to be that much more drastic than when Ole Mata's going to be in the lineup? And, like, what's their aim? What's the difference between their impact? And this is just looking at Olimata, who is the foreseeable seventh defenseman on like paper, probably. Potentially, yes. Potentially the seventh defenseman if you go like by handedness and like just like by pairing. I don't mm-hmm. like I said, I don't know where I'm at yet. I don't based on Olimata's play, I don't know how you can scratch him, but there's a possibility of that, and we're just talking about one defenseman right now. He'd still have to find a way to beat out another defenseman, and if you and then the you'd ones... be trying to make an argument about like his upside versus like possible like is he going to hurt you more than help you, sort of thing. Like with another defenseman. Yep. At what point? Like at that point, you're going to be scratching two NHL defensemen, and that's probably it's going to be like over five and a half, six million dollars in salary. As a healthy, yeah. and then to go to that, unless you're waiving someone, you're gonna be have to 
waving probably Alex Lyon too among that. That's yep. getting way deeper into things, but no, it, it, lose- it goes it goes into it though. You're gonna be losing a roster player somewhere. Yep. And I don't know. He hasn't made. He's been. I think he's been good. I've been. He's been. He's preseason. he's been solid. I I don't think he's been bad. I just don't know that yeah, it's yeah. enough to like tell Correct. me that he has to play. And again, like we've said, still early. We still have four games left. I'm sure he'll play three as well. Remember, defense takes a lot longer too. I mean, yep. It's just that. I mean, what cider? It took. Granted, I think cider would have played if not for COVID. Year, he but... would have he would have played. This would have been the year that Cider made his debut. Was this was this season for Edmondson, his twenty year old season? Yes, um, which I don't think uh, Edmondson is far along. And if, but also, if he would have been on, if he would have been trying out for or trying to make the 2021-2022 Red Wings, he would have made the team. Yeah, confidently, for sure. Like I, I could, I would say that, like today, like I would say that now, confidently, that he would be. Can I mean, look at the left side that was on that team? Is Mark Stahl, Dan DeKaiser, and Jordan Osterley. Not great. What are, you trying, what are you trying to say? That's a good point. You know, Mark Stahl would definitely not be. He would still be in the lineup, but that's that's without saying. Uh, oh, and Nick Letty. Sorry, how can I forget Nick Letty? That's true. He's also on that on that team. Um, but yeah, uh, other kind of standouts as well. I got two up front as well, and it's uh, Daniel Sprong and Robbie Fabry. Yeah, I've really liked Daniel w. Sprong. Daniel he Sprong, good. he uh think I think we really need to prioritize where he's utilized this year. A third line role where he's getting a little bit more minutes, like not playing 10 minutes a night, he's playing like 13. Power play two minutes. I would say, yeah, anywhere from 13 to 15 minutes a night. And he's getting extended offensive zone looks. Yeah, I would honestly be looking to start him in every every chance, like any face off other than your top line, I would be looking to put him out. Try to get him in the mix. And I think he's looked good with like a couple different guys. Like he had the um he had Confer Fabry and him in Washington <laughs> that I thought that line was pretty good. Problem is I thought he's looked good with everyone. He has looked good with everyone. He played with again, he played with Danielson and um was it Bergen? Yeah, Bergen last night. I, I want to see an extended look with him and Cobb. And yes, next I think years. that's my I think if you go, yeah, that would be my next goal to kind of see how those two gel and whoever you want to throw on the wing there. Yeah. Again, like for for example, like again, kind of go back to Danielson. Like maybe you throw Danielson on that line too, and see how that works. Yeah. Again, probably. I, again, we're going back to that conversation, but or you go like a Bergrin, or Fabry's healthy. If if Fabry's healthy, that's my ideal like third line look right there. Yeah, but no, Dan, uh, Sprong's uh, ability to again both goals were just right in front of the net. His first one, really good pass by Edvinson to find him in net front, and he just waits out um, Lindgren. He's a and really then, good shooter. Yeah, he's got a really good shot. And then a second one, uh, the Chicago after Danielson made a really good play in the corner. Uh, the goal, the Chicago goalie definitely thought he was going to go high glove, just waited him out and just put it five hole. That's such an underrated shot. You just throw it five hole. Yeah, you have to be really decide like decisive though. Like he has such a good release. Where he, he makes it look good. Along with that pink visor, he makes it look all right. That's or so pur- disgusting. Pur- purple I visor. I, I like Daniel Sprung, but man, that is gross. It's bad. Not in a good way. The Red Wings have four guys with tinted visors this year. That is embarrassing. It's a lot. Andrew Kopp, Ghost, yeah. Perron, and Sprung. I know Ghost has tinted visor. It's I'm very subtle. It's subtle, but you can tell. 
Uh, but then going into Fabry again, unfortunately, luckily it was an upper body injury and Lalone thinks it's going to be short term, which I'm very happy. Again, as soon as I didn't see him back out for the second period of that game, I was like, Panger didn't seem too concerned. He was talking about it a little bit. Well, I know. I love, I love what Panger gave the insights of uh, so Robbie Fabry talking about who's impressed him so far in preseason. And he said Nate Danielson and Simon Edmondson. Yeah. Which is, I think is, again, shut up, Panger. Getting, getting the, the Panger news. loves his former Blues boys. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna talk about Panger's. Yeah, Panger's gonna do everything in his power to get Kyle Davidson to trade for every single Blues player. Yeah, he's gonna try his best. He can try his damnedest. Like David Perron's UFA this year, he'll sign in Chicago next year. Panger will be pounding the table for it. (laughs) Oscar Sundquist to Chicago next season. Book it, book it. Uh, but no, Robbie Fabry again in Washington, uh, with the Red Wings B team scored two goals at the end of the game. To make it a four, and I guess he almost finished the hat trick as well to make it a tie game, which would have been something. Went crazy. His shooting's been really noticeable. I loved, I've loved his jump offensively. Um, I really like what he's doing. I think uh, this could be. I'm really hoping for a big year for Robbie Fabry, a healthy year. To actually, you know, we always talk about his pace. He's always a 20 goal pace guy. I really want to see him play a full year to actually get that. Um. But yeah, I don't think you do have anything else to kind of add. Like any other standouts for you? Not really. I, I would say like the other big one was on defense would be Ghost. But I mean, we've kind of already talked about him. He was the he's, other one I had on my list as well. He's been great. But I figured since we covered him quite a bit on the power play. I mean, his offensive ability five on five too is noticeable. He's, he's able to jump in, fake a guy out and shoot. Him and Jake Wallman both have that ability. Yeah, the mobility, the mobility on the blue line. This year is way more evident. I mean, yeah, it, all even the, date back to last year, we had one mobile guy at the start of the year. It was Cider. Yeah, uh, I also want to point out like Jeff Petrie as well. I mean, another guy being mobile. There was he a is, point. There was a um. There was a really good breakdown of uh. It was one of the pinches he had on last game. It's from a coach's account. I can't remember what the account was on Twitter, but I, I was I was watching the the video back and he made a really good jump in like from as like the weak side defenseman coming into the slot and picking off a pass and ended up going back in the corner. The Red Wings kept possession for a while. That's, I mean, the only defense we didn't really mention is Justin Hall. And I mean, that's kind of like self-explanatory. Like he hasn't really been noticeable. But that's a good thing. That is a good thing. You need defensemen like that. Yeah, I think he's looked fine. He He's I, looked, I thought he's looked good. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I haven't noticed him when I'm not paying attention to him. And when I am paying attention to him, like he looks good. Like he's doing some good things. I liked him in the penalty kill. He had a he had a decent little offensive rush chance where he did a stutter step to the wall and drove the net for a chance at one point. I don't remember what game it was, but he was he was looking like Adam Fox. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, same player. A little bit uh, better. A little bit of a seal, more of a seal of a contract than his. So yeah, I think I think we win that true. one. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of positives to take away from preseason thus far. I think the Red Wings are in a good spot. Um, in terms of coming in with a little bit of uh chemistry, hopefully. What's What's your biggest takeaway thus far? Like about like the team depth scoring, like more offense, is my biggest thing. Like a lot of players, again, like you look at the decor, right? Shane Gossespierre is going to be adding more goals. Jeff Petrie, really good shooter. Um, Jake Wallman, I think, will have more offense this year. Um, he'll, I mean, he'll be playing. He's, no, be, he's start, been playing top pair. Season, he's been playing top season, like he's playing a full season. So, 
But then you also add Daniel Sprong, who I think will have a similar impact to like a Koopa League last year in terms of like pure like numbers. Awesome. It'd be great for two million dollars. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. Robbie Fabry healthy, I think is big. I'm really yeah. excited about JT Comfer. Me too. Um, and also the top line has had their warts at five on five of the current top line they're running right now. I've liked it's also preseason. I've I've liked some things they've done, but the, it, it looks like they're forcing a lot right now. Like yeah, I, I've I've mentioned in the last episode with Andy, you weren't on, but uh, I want Alex Brinkett to be a little more selfish. He we you have the shot. He, he, I know it's preseason. Like there was a clear two on one he had the last game he played. It was against Washington, and he immediately looked for the pass. Yeah, but but like he had a wide open lane. I don't think anyone would have faulted him, but I think he's kind of looking that way right away. But no, I I. I'm again still very early. He also had like five shots his first game preseason, so he's shooting. It's just a point of I think he can shoot more. He's able to get himself in really good situations. Dylan Larkin also he also had a pretty good game. The the one Washington game, two goals. Um, yeah. Off. There's plenty. Yeah, of, I, I I've yeah I have plenty of takeaways. Um, my my off- biggest takeaway right now is there's going to be a lot more consistency at goalie this year. Yeah, that's also that's also a that's one. my biggest takeaway right now. Yeah, very happy. I, even Huso, I thought had a pretty good. I mean, he only played half a game, but I thought he had a good showing. He looked really good. Yeah, again, very positive. Also, Michael Hutchinson had a pretty solid showing. He did, and that's he's the possibility to be the fourth goalie in the system, which is good. good if thing. they do, if they do sign him, that is a good thing. I would imagine they're this week they're going to start going for full games for goalies. I would imagine Hutchinson, especially being a PTO, is going to get a full game here. I'd, I'd actually be surprised if Hutchinson doesn't get signed, to be honest with you, unless they plan on trying yeah. to wave Lyon. Yeah, if he doesn't get signed, I think they try to keep they try to wave Lyon. I think that'd be a uh, the um how do I say the effect of that? I suppose is like you could read into that a little bit because why else wouldn't you? Yeah, or else you're or else you're trying to run Kosa Lethemen. At the AHL level right away, which I I mean, could you do? Sure. But I know the Grand Rapids Griffins want to take a step forward. And I think having a veteran guy could be really big, For sure. especially someone with the experiences of Michael Hutchinson, who's bounced around a ton of different organizations. Yeah, I think that's valuable personally. It is. Um, I think we can move also like another. Oh, another like kind of guy I kind of wanted to shout out a little bit. Not like a huge stand up, but I think Joe Valeno's had a pretty good preseason. He's looked solid. Yeah. I, I don't think he's like a full on standout, but I've I've really noticed him and I've I've liked some of the things I've been seeing from him. A guy who I've kind of been disappointed at in is Christian Fisher. Yeah, I would say so. A little bit. Not that not that he's been bad, but like again, maybe I think you brought this up to me is like this isn't really the place where Christian Fisher's gonna shine. No. He's gonna he's gonna shine in like when the tensity's ramped up a little bit. Um, but I just haven't really seen a lot from him. To be like, I want yeah, this guy in the. I think right now he's tracking to be the thirteenth forward. I, I would agree with that. He hasn't really shown much, um, but like you kind of alluded to, he's he's the type of player that really ramps up like when stakes are higher. Yep. And um, I would I would like to see him show a little bit more in a preseason setting where his roster spot is like. I mean, I would say his roster spot's certain, but. His lineup spot isn't certain. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Um, should we get into our Metro Division preview? Sure. All right. So at eight, go from reverse order who we have in that position. At eight, who do you got? 
Philly. I also have the Flyers. Sadly. Sadly. I do like I do like some aspects on that team. I, I've been like, I've been like listening to season previews and teams or people who call the Flyers like directionless, I think is a little bit wrong. Yeah. Since Danny Brer has been there, he I think they have a clear direction. That's to um suck, but also John Torella to instill some good habits in them and be some good players. But um I've I liked their their offseason trading away Proveroff and getting some good assets for that. Um I I think like they're gonna be I think they'll be a, I think they'll still be like a hard team to play against, especially if a guy like uh, Couturier who's gonna be finally healthy. Atkinson, I think I saw got hurt again, which is unfortunate. I think he's a really good player. Um yeah. you also have Scott Lawton, who had a pretty good year last year. Um Travis Connecty is a really good player. So they're not complete slouches, but I mean look at their defense, which is pretty bad. And aside from Carter Hart, their goaltending is pretty suspect. Um, but yeah, like again, I don't think they're gonna be they're definitely not gonna be the worst eighth seed in the league, that's for sure. Uh yeah, I don't think so either. John Hurdle will not let that happen. There's yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't finish like bottom ten in the league if like something crazy happens. Yeah, like I, they I John Tortorella me- teams overachieve. If you tell me they finished like sixth in the division, I'd be like, all right, okay. Like, I, I could see it. Especially with like players coming back from injuries and stuff. Like, Kateri is huge. Yeah. I don't want to like overreact to like a Kateri. Again, he, he, when he was, in, when he was fully healthy, like a couple years ago, he was one of the best two way centers in the NHL. Yeah. But again, it's hard coming back, being out with injury for that long. So that roster just isn't, doesn't look good on paper. No. I mean, you got like, you got a couple prospects like uh, Forrester and Brink who could be making the jump. I liked Owen Tippett's here last year. I thought he was pretty good. Tippett took a big step last year. Uh, Noah Cates as well. A pretty solid a good uh, year. two-way center, which I know Tortorella loves. Uh, but yeah, I got them. Oh, and Cam York also took a pretty big jump last year too. Good, sure. good, good uh, young defenseman. Um, but yeah, at seven, what do you got? I got the Islanders. Spicy. I got the Jackets. Okay. Jackets at seven. We'll start with the Islanders, though. Um, I understand we got them there. Um, they did absolutely nothing this this off season in terms of adding. They actually signed some questionable contracts like Pierre Engvall to a seven year extension. Um, and also who was it? Yeah, Mayfield also got a seven year extension. So while the price on those aren't terrible, it's just a lot of term to unneeded term, which I guess is kind of like Lou Lamarillo's. Uh, Peanut butter and jelly, I guess. I guess well, that's what his go-to is. Um, but no, I, I still don't know who's going to score for this team. I think their defense is pretty solid. Again, like you got Pelic, Pelic and Pollock, or Pulak. Not I almost said it a little too similarly. Dobson's good. Romanoff, who had a kind of a rough year last year, I think is better than. Uh, you're not really a fan of Romanoff. He's, He's fine. Around. He's fine. Um, Sebastian Aho, the I like defenseman. Aho. He's solid. Um, I think he'll get over 70 points this year, probably. Oh, no, no, oh no. are we talking about different Ajos? We're talking about the defenseman. I the New York Islanders. existed. Yes. Um, also, their goaltending. Goaltending is pretty good. One of the best duos in the league. Yes. Sergei, or, uh, Semyon Varlamov is a very, very good 1B. And Sorokin is probably the best starter in the NHL. I just have a tough time like believing in their like bottom six. 
And their, bottom, their top their... six doesn't score. Yeah, I mean, you have Horvat, who was the big addition last year, which who's, he, who's he struggled. Who's their third line? Like, Engvall, Pajot? No, Engvall's or... in their second line. Engvall's in their second line. Oh, boy. It's Pajot. Um, I was just looking at this. Uh, Hudson Fashing? It was Pajot, Fashing, <laughs> and... Damn, who was the left wing? I don't remember because is not there anymore either. Who was the guy who scored 20 goals last year? He's gone. Oh, they didn't, no. they didn't, they didn't like do anything about that. So yeah, definitely interesting. Cause you have like, I think it was Paul Mary, Horvat, and Barzell. That was the top line, I think, in camp. Oh, which is boy. pretty which is fine, I think. Barzell and Horvat are very good. Um, then your second line was like Brock Nelson, um, Engvall and Lee, maybe. Okay. I think that's what that was. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I, I again I think Sorokin can carry that team to be something more more than they are. I do too, and I think their defensive core is like solid defensively, but yeah, they have no no offense besides Dobson on that. Yeah. Core. So yeah, I mean I'll get to them when I have my rankings, but yeah, I, I can see that. But I have Columbus at seven. I just I still don't see it. Their goaltending is pretty suspect. I, I love disagree. Elvis. I, I love think Elvis. Elvis is good. I think he's due for a bounce back year. I hope he's and a person for a personal level. I th- I hope he does too. Their defense looks so much better on paper now too. It do- it does look better on paper. Spencer Martin is their backup, which is Where's interesting. It is it no Tarasov is hurt? That's why they claimed him. Oh, okay. Um, but also, I mean, you're, yeah, you're defensively, you got. I th- I still think they're running Wawrinski and Peak, and then they have um I think it was Yurichek and who was their second? I was at Yurichek Provorov, and then uh Severson, someone else. I was something like Good that. Branson. I think so. So I mean, that's, that's solid. It's solid, but like I guess. And then what not... is Bokos to scratch? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, it's a good again, good player to have scratched, I suppose. Not like a good player, but actually a quality player to be out of your lineup. Like yeah, the, the only real like, I mean, their forward depth is pretty good too. I hate their centers. They don't have anything up the middle besides. I mean, Fantilli could be that this year. I think Rosovic could be a second line center. Really, I'm quite a bit lower on Rosovic. Really, where do you put him in like a Andrew Cop, JT Comper? Oh, I like the I like the other two way better than. Rosovic, I think the personally. offense is way more evident in Rosovic. What I've just I, I sometimes just see him give up on plays. I don't really love his game. Um I think Boone Jenner is a really good player. I'm a big Boone Jenner he's guy. He's not a first line center, but yes, I no, really like Boone Jenner. No. Yeah. Yeah, he's I think he's I think he's your second line center there. That's Probably. where I'd be I'd well, be I mean, Rosovic's then your third line center, and I think Rosovic's a good third line center. Maybe. Yeah. I again I guess my the bottom six there is where I, I kind of scoff and I'm like, I don't know where you're Who's your top about. six wingers then? Like line A um, Marchenko, Line Goudreau, Marchenko, and Johnson probably. Johnson, that's not bad. I mean, it's, it's young. solid. It's young, but it's solid. You like the upside, right? Um, I again, I I think six through eight can kind of fluctuate, but I have Columbus at seven just because I really question the goaltending and the depth. <laughs> okay. So can I, we get uh, to six then? Who do you have at six? Washington. <laughs> I also have Washington at six. So it's not that I don't think that's a big of a hot take to be honest. I also have Washington six. So we basically probably have the Islanders and we have the Islanders and Blue Jackets flipped at five. It sounds like probably yeah okay. Um, but no Washington, 
Washington's a weird team. I can see them being quite a bit better and also pushing for a playoff spot this year, but like also, I still I still think they're just too old. I think relying on Nicholas Backstrom's back to hold up and be really productive is quite the risk. Um, yeah, honestly, I look at their team and they're way deeper than the like last couple teams we talked about. I just yes. don't believe. I don't believe in them either. Also, they have Patchetti, who's soon to come back, which is also big. I forgot what. Yeah. So again, six, I could see them being like five, even or four. Like they could, I could see them being three. Yeah, definitely. I think that's an interesting. Also, Darcy Kemper was pretty good last year. It wasn't his fault. And Ling- like, Lindgren's good too. Lindgren's a solid backup. I mean, John Carlson has also only played half the year last year. Maybe I'm talking myself into them being higher. I don't know. I'm Maybe I stick with five, but I, I think, think I might. There's... I think I might bump them up to five and move Islanders to six. To be honest. Oh, well, I meant I was going to. Stick with I'll, I'll I'll bump Columbus down to six. I'm gonna also move Washington to five. Yeah, I've talked myself into Washington at five. Um, yeah, I, I I like some pieces on their team, but again, you have some really old pieces like TJ Oshie. I think had an up and down year. I really love TJ Oshie, but he's just not the player he used to be. Um, Kuznetsov, who's been ver- just visually and verbally not happy there. His situation's interesting. Yeah. Um. Also, their defense is like, I mean, Rasmus Sandin was a good pickup last year. John Carlson's good. But then kind of after that, it's kind of question marks for me. Ferivari's good. Ferivari's good. I forgot T- to mention TVR that. is solid. Yeah. Jensen. Um, Jensen's good. Mm-hmm. Edmonton's hurt, right? And he's also not that great. He's NHL defenseman, though. Sure. Not on the Red Wings, but NHL I think like Vincent Iorio is like their six or something like that, I think, is their guy. Um, I think it's like that Swede and then oh yeah, Alexiev's in there too. Yeah, so you got so you have like guys, you have guy, guy, guy at the six spot, which I mean is fine. Um, but yeah, I just again, I think they're too old. I don't really see where they can get a little bit higher in this list. I think they're, I think they'll be a solid team. I don't, I just don't think they're gonna be a great team. But they're a lot better than I think I'm giving them credit for, but. It'll, it'll yeah. be interesting. I just, like you said earlier, like relying on Nick Backstrom, and I would say even Obi. Yeah. He's got a lot of weight on his shoulders for that team. Oh, by yeah, by far. He has the most. He carries the most. Um, And also the, the first line, I think it looked like it was, um today was Matthew Phillips with, um, uh, I think it was Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. It was Backstrom and Ovechkin. Oh, it was, it was Backstrom and Ovechkin. And then Oof. I want to say it was Kuzi, Wilson, and... McMichael. I did see Nick Michael, and then I want to say Strom, Oshie, and Milano, and then Mantha rotating in. Yeah. That's like a deep top nine, though. I it's a good say. top nine. And also, you had Pacioretty in there as well. It's definitely an interesting team. I can see where they get like hot at the right time, but also I, I can see where they falter and get, you know, the old legs kind of catch up to them. There's a lot of old legs. That's the. A lot question. of old legs. Very veteran team. Um, So I guess that was my five picks. I moved them up. So. At four, who do you got? At four, I have the New York Rangers. Hey, me too. Heck yeah. Yeah, I love to shit on the Rangers. Their forwards are so bad. Their depth's bad. Their depth's pretty bad. I Again, what's holding them up? Shesterkin's amazing. He and him defense and is really good. And they have three really, like, two, two elite defensemen. And also Lindgren's really good. And I also throw in Braden Schneider as a guy who could take another jump this year. Truba's not worth that contract, but he's solid. 
he's fine. I, again, I like to shit on Trooper too. Um, yeah, just because it's fun. I think Gustafson's um, going to be an interesting player. Yeah, I don't know where he fits in there. Yeah, that's kind of my question as well. Like that seemed like a weird ad. I honestly, I, I would think I would rather them get like a puck stopper. Is Mikola still there? No, he went to Florida. Oh, that's right. Um, I mean, he was bad in New York anyway. Um, he was yes. But, but yeah, I would argue he fits Adam Fox. Than... Adam Fox is a top three defenseman in the NHL. He's incredible. Yeah, DeAndre Miller is taking a big step this year. I think he's so good. He's unbelievably good. Um, yes, he he's like a Pelic or like Slavin mold that's like waiting to take that next jump in that. But like, he's also defensive... more he's also more mobile than those guys. DeAndre yeah. Miller is huge and he can cook. He he can. Um, I'm just saying, like as a defensive defenseman. He still provides some offense, don't get me wrong, but yep. from, like, I, I would put him in the mold of, like, an Adam Pellick and Slavin, who's trying to take that next step as, like, an elite, elite defensive defenseman. Yep. He's right there. I think so. I'm with you. And then up front, they have a bunch of power play merchants. Yeah. Um. You Your whole top six is power play merchants. Yeah. Well, I... F- I guess I don't know what exactly their top six looks like, but I mean, Zabanajed, Kreider, power play merchants, or they score on the penalty kill. They can't score five on five. Special, te- special teams merchants. Special teams merchants. Panarin, power play merchant. Blake Wheeler, power play merchant. And then who else is in the top six? Like I think it's Hedl. been Heedle. Tro- I think it's been Heedle. Trocek or Heedle? I think it's been Heedle as the 2C. Okay, I, I would argue that Heedle's not as much of a power play merchant than, as Trocek. I've really liked Heedle's game. I think Heedle's a good, good player. Uh, Lafreniere is not a power play merchant because they don't play him on the power play. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't even have the opportunity to be a power play merchant. <laughs> Maybe this year he'll. I've also chance. been I've also been reading because I haven't watched any games, so this is me reading. Uh, he's had a bad preseason, so I've been reading. Interesting. Uh, Kako, I like Kako. I think he's actually really good two two way, like on five on five as well. I think he's a pretty I do, good player. I do like Kako as well. Um, but yeah, like their depth is. I mean, I think they have Nick Benino in the mix somewhere in there. Uh, like Nick Benino, but he's Cap- Captain Nick Benino. Yep. Uh, again, Blake Wheeler. Again, I I think their power play is gonna be really good, and I think I will carry them to a bunch of victories because I think if they're getting like three power plays a game, they're gonna they're gonna score on one of them at least. Yeah, they have a good and power play. Shosturkin probably won't let up more than three goals. So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, if Shosturkin gets hurt or they try to run quick for a extended period of time, uh, yeah, run. it's it's wraps. They're not making the playoffs. My biggest question is why they didn't just keep Yaro Halak. Yeah, a, a solid no backup. But I want uh, where's Halak at now? I don't even know. He hasn't signed. He's unsigned. Oh, well, that was smart. Yeah, I wonder if like Tampa picks him up or something like that. It has to be like a minimum deal. Sure, if I'm Halak, I'm taking that. Why not? I'm taking that. Yeah. Um, but you yeah, going Tampa all the time. Yeah. Also, that minimum contract is going to go the longest there because there's no state income tax. True. But yeah, no, that's uh, we both are not the biggest fans of the Rangers, and in this scenario, we have them in four. Number three, I think we have the same team. Pitt. Pitt. Yep. Eric Carlson's going to carry this team to be third. I really like Eric Carlson. They're top guys, I should say, not just Eric Carlson. Yeah, I like their defense a lot, and I their top four is really, really good. I like Tristan Jari, and I'm I'm hoping he has a bounce back, and I'm hoping Ned can come in and take some games too. Yeah, I've always liked Ned, and I think he's has the pot like the chance to do something here, and I just think 
final ride for these fellas. Like, let's make her happen. Yeah. Not, Actually, not make her happen, but like, let's make New York Rangers possibly miss the playoffs. That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Depending on how you view the Atlantic and all that with wild cards. Yeah. He definitely yeah. puts, I, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins are a playoff team. I think so too. I think losing um, Gensel sucks. How long is he out for? Quite a bit. I think he's out for the first two months, I think, or something like that. Okay. So he's out for a significant amount of time. But I mean, still, like your top guys. So their forwards are my biggest concern right now, mostly because they don't have the depth with losing Gensel. You're slotting an extra guy up. I know they just picked up, um, oh my God, Jansen Harkins, which I mean, he's a fourth line guy. Not going to really. He'll play though. Um, they also have like Noel Achari, who's a pretty good role guy. Um, Riley Smith was a really good pickup. Riley Smith's a very good pickup. Ricardo Raquel, while being overpaid, I still think he's a pretty good middle six contributor. Um, again, it's Crosby so good. I think he he'll have a huge year. Russ has kind of taken a step back a little bit, but he's still solid. He's still solid middle six guy. Um, I really like um. Like Drew O'Connor, I think, is a pretty good fourth-line guy. I think he can take a bump up this year, too. He's I think still so young. Too. I, I, like, I like the player. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Pittsburgh's comfortably a playoff team, in my opinion. Um, a two, I have – or who do you have first? Sorry, I have been asking. New Jersey. First. I also have New Jersey. Um, such these, a good team. These two teams I have pretty neck and neck. They're going to be the tops of the league. I think they're both top five finishes in the whole NHL. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd almost argue top three. Yeah, they're really good. Really, really good. I the only question for me in New Jersey is goaltending. That's like all and defense is young. I don't really care about the young defense. It's the goaltending for me. Yeah. They're goaltending suspect. Um Carolina doesn't really have any flaws. I have no issues with Carolina. I have no notes. Besides like maybe like a top end scoring, maybe like a yeah, a pack you're missing a max patriotic. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it for me. But in New Jersey, I love their top nine. I think their top nine is really, really good, especially adding Tyler DeFoley, who a guy who came, was coming off a seventy point campaign. That would have been a good ad for Carolina. He, I it's kind of what I was thinking. He would have been perfect, especially for the price. You give up like a Jack Drury and like I don't know a couple a couple other things. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's that much, right? Yeah, you probably don't have to give up Jack Drury. I mean, maybe maybe you do. Like because I mean, I'm trying Govich, to find a Sharon Sher- Govich comparison on Carolina. I get he was the first time I thought of. Yeah. Um. The problem is, like, if they end up playing each other in the playoffs, like, there's no way they're going to beat Carolina because they have Eric Hall on their team. That's true. Eric Hall, the, he's a goat. But, I, I mean, like, I, I liked Carolina's, like, adding Michael Bunting. Yeah. No matter how you feel about him, like, he's a good player. Like, And also their defense is incredible. Their defense is incredible. The Like, my, my biggest worry for them is still, like, I guess their second line, like, center. Who's that? Like, Kakanyami probably. Kakanyami, I don't know if you, I don't know if you like really paid attention to the splits last year, but his last thirty-five games, he was like around thirty points. He he looked a lot better, especially in the playoffs. I thought he looked good, but I mean, even if he is your second line center, what are you? You're probably rolling out like an Aho Jarvis Bunting, and then, and then in you theory, probably go fetch just fetch to Kakanyami and like Natchez, Natchez or Taravainen. Yeah, and that's just like they're deep, very good team. I'm. I'm a fan. I think they got they're, a lot to I work mean, with. Their defense is by far the best defense in the league. But we did kind of move off quickly off New Jersey. Like again, Dougie Hamilton, I'm a huge fan of. Um, one of the big loss and right. I forgot to add for Pittsburgh. Brian Graves is a big ad for them. That was a big ad. 
while the contract is bad for the next couple of years, which is all they care about, he's going to be very impactful. Yep. And losing him in New Jersey kind of sucks. I mean, but you also have Luke Hughes. Um, Kevin Ball sounds like he's going to take a bigger step this the, season. I think they kind of needed to lose, like, Brian Graves, not to sound bad, but it's kind of like the whole Edvinson thing. Like, we look at it like yeah. you got to lose something to gain something. Definitely. Get more minutes, yeah. I mean, John Marino, big John Marino guy. I think he's super good. Um, Nemich also potentially makes the team. And uh, Brendan Segan, Smith, Siegenthaler. Oh, I forgot about Siegenthaler. Yeah, Millsy. Oh, yeah, Colin Miller. Totally forgot about him too. Uh, Brendan Smith, another pretty quality veteran, is a seven guy. Yeah. Um. Not, not. There's not too much to hate about it on that on that roster. I you can't really pick many things out. Where you're like, that's bad. Besides their goaltending is, which is not even that bad. It's, it's not bad. It's just questionable. Like Vanacek during the regular season was completely serviceable. He was perfectly fine. But the question yeah. is like you kind of in, in playoffs it, it gets ramped up and you need a guy who can kind of carry you some games. And the question is, can he do that? Um, but yeah, Hurricanes as well. I mean, kind of going back to it. Uh Orloff, what a signing. He's great. Uh you you're still keeping Pesci after all the trade rumors. I mean, your top six is great. I mean, you even got Tony D'Angelo. I forgot that you had no sick too. Oh, the Devils, yeah. Yeah, quality fourth line guy, Red Wings legend. Yeah, Thomas Thomas Nosek. Red Wings legend. Um, that's about it. That's all I really have in terms of both teams. Um, but yeah, that's a our Metro preview. Um, I think that's gonna kind of do it for this one too. Um, lots of Red Wings hockey to look forward to this week. Three games in a row, which will be a bit of a grind, and then likely you'll see the Red Wings A team come Saturday as it's the last home preseason game. And that's usually how it works is you, you get your best lineup in the last home one. So it'll be interesting. You're probably playing against Toronto's B team as Toronto will probably do the opposite the game before, like they did last year. So we'll be an interesting watch, but um, yeah, looking forward to it and uh, I'll do it for this one. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, where, wherever you get your podcasts from um, check out the website at T- or TPL tplpod.com uh, I'm pretty sure that's the I don't know why I'm blanking on that all of a sudden um, yeah it's in it's in the link in Twitter um, check out our Twitter too and thank you for listening <laughs>